All right, so welcome again to Cosmic Connection with Rachel Archelaus and Harry Croner, myself. And we are going to talk today about telepathic communication and any types of communication with um, other beings in other dimension, other dimensional uh, connection. And it varies quite tremendously um, as we talk about, again, the full cosmic range of beings and um, Luckily enough, both Rachel and I are, are channeling some, some beings and have communicated with many different types of beings. So we're going to start chat about it. We're going to talk about our experiences, okay? So um, tell me, Rachel, when, when do you feel like you started really communicating consciously, communicating, like, no, deliberately putting the intention in, in communicating with other beings and other dimensions? Well, this one happened pretty early for me since I knew my invisible older brother Matt wasn't really an invisible older brother I mean he was like a real aware of it yeah like he was real so I mean I did that when I was really young I think my earliest I don't know I'd say probably forever so I've always been aware of that I want to tell who it was uh who Matt was for you so Matt was my best friend. Um, I knew he was an older male energy. Um, so I called him my older brother, Matt. Um, and I, you know, I brought him around and I introduced him to my family. We played together every day, talked on the swing set. Um, I thought he was just, I mean, I called him my brother. So I, I, I knew he was family. I didn't know what to categorize him as, as a young kid. But in my teens, I called him my spirit guide. Because we um, we did stay very close up until I was about nineteen, um, and then I realized he's not a very good spirit guide. Once I got into my later teens, I was like, "This isn't working." So I fired him as my spirit guide. <laughs> um, and then a couple of years later, I found out that he was my hybrid brother. So oh. not really a spirit guide. Spirit guides are, in the usual sense, very trained, very. You know, they're for a specific purpose, even if they're just assigned to you throughout your life. But um, so anyway, it's okay that he wasn't the perfect guide because he was actually my brother. Um, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah. my first encounter was with uh, spirit guides, and um, and I again, I, I I went into it more during my already adult life as I was working with with them, um, and and uh, realizing through. Uh, no psychic clients that they, they could channel uh, at, at that point they could also just channel their their guides if I put them out under under hypnosis and, and they could channel and I could give them and ask the, their questions to their spirit guides so this kind of thing so so because people who have, most people have a hard time having a direct connection like like we do have now um, so that was really what I did for for a long time and um, interesting enough, I had a friend of mine who was, I did it for him and he, in exchange, he channeled my spirit guides for me. Cause at that point I, I, I didn't think I could do it. I really thought like, oh my, it's, you have to be born with a skill or, uh, not realizing all I can do it. And, and what they channel again and again is that like, you can just talk to us directly if you'd like. Um, and I'm like, oh really I can, you know, that's, uh, it seemed, um, kind of an unreachable, um, thing for me at that point it's like oh it feels like and it's 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 hard to describe um the process of uh, now i know it it's just thinning the veil between you and the guides at uh, the dimensional veil it's like making it smaller and smaller so you can create a channel of communication and, and i teach that and i think you teach it as well um 
how to communicate um, and, and uh, channel and, uh, through intuition and through uh, your just telepathic ability, how to, to uh, really communicate more clearly with your higher self and your spirit guides. And spirit guides are very readily available. Um, and, and they are here. And as you said, they have very specific roles. Usually they have spent uh, either several or, or just a, at least one lifetime as a human. So they know what it is to be human. And usually that lifetime was with us as um, uh, family, friends, and something, loved ones in some form or another. So usually that's where their role was. So they are close to us uh, in many different ways and know us, our, our soul, very, very well. And they're there as, as a support role. And the best way I can describe it, and uh, lately in the past four or five years, I've been channeling through automatic writing. And I asked them, well, so well, if, I, if I asked to explain someone what is their role of spirit guides exactly, uh, the explanation I received is like that we are like in a, in a bicycle race. We are the, the bike riders. We are the one who is actually doing it. And they are the, that kind of support band that goes in with a spare tire and with an extra bottle of water and give us a lot of encouragement and direction to like, okay, just, just another hill. Just go up the hill. You can do it. And then it's a downhill. And, that's, and, and really doing that uh, loving and caring support. But we still need to do the path. We still need to do the, um, the riding of the race. Of, uh, of which is life. Yeah. One example I give about what spirit guides do is have you ever been like unconsolably upset, like just crying and crying or in, you know, an emotional pain. And then all of a sudden you feel better. That's usually your guide giving you that comfort. They, they're good at pushing emotion and helping you um, resolve that emotion. And so that's normally what I see with them. Absolutely. So, so I think um, th they are very readily available for all of us, and it's important to learn how the skill to doing it. And that opens the, the path and opens the channel to uh, communicating with more and more beings and uh, and, and a wider variety. And and I I, I always repeat that because I think it it it's humbles me and humbles uh, the whole communication. People think, oh, you can't. It's not reachable. And and when I first realized through, again, some, some, some talented and very uh, visually open uh, clients, which are in their state of very open, they can sense and see that, oh, there's, there's a lot of beings around us, light beings around us that are actually helping with, with the healing. And I'm like, really? They are? <laughs> so I didn't realize it. And they're like, okay, no wonder th those healing sessions are so powerful because it's definitely not just me. I knew that. Um, so so it, it's interesting to see that. And, and uh, through that, and the openness that I suddenly sensed it, like really close my because I'm, I'm a little, no, halfway there too when I'm, I'm guiding someone um, and realize like I can feel, I can feel the sense of warmth. I can feel it. And through some energy work that I did, I, I was doing, I can, I increase my sensitivity to that and realize, okay, I, I can, now I understand what it feels when I sense when they suddenly, glance, like, oh, suddenly three or four beings joined us here right, right now. And like, okay, I can sense that. I, I made a connection and have that reference point, how it feels when, when there's a presence nearby. Um, so it really is wonderful. And, and, um, and again, more talented uh, clients have opened me to understanding, oh, there's, there's angels, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, the spirit guides here. There's, uh, and, and realize, first of all, a lot of it is culturally based and they show our, ourselves, they show themselves to us in what would be representative to us depending on our background. But a lot of times it isn't. And if you think about uh, people think, oh, angels are very, you no, know, very Christian or very religious uh, approach to, to light beings that are assisting us. And maybe a lot of the ATs in the past were perceived as angels. That's true. But 
by now, and I think you can support me on that, you really feel there's they, they, they have their own entities. And just because religions of the past have discovered them, um, doesn't mean they haven't existed way before that they're, they're, they're infinite beings and timeless beings that have existence since creation. Um, so, and they are very close to source. So understanding that it, it's, they've been here before religions, not, not being created by religions, but just acknowledged and understood that they're of their existence. And yes, it might be that, that some religions have confused them or mixed them all up, bunched them all together. But the true mystics of every religion have, have worked and able to discern them in a very clear way. So when we talk about angels, archangels, uh, lately I've been just talking this morning, I was just talking to some seraphim, and I like, and, and again, out of ignorance sometimes, I'm like, okay, what level seraphim? I can't remember what they're saying. Well, no, it's the highest level of, of angel kind of kingdoms, the ninth level as far as I consider it. And I was asking for their help in, in, in uh, helping other uh, certain client. And they told me, just call upon us and we'll come and help and do the, the work that we need to do. So when we, I, I know when we, you can, you can take it over from here and how it feels when you communicate with different beings and different. Uh, yeah. So just to expand on your spirit guide um, intro, which I think is perfect because most people want to start there normally. Um, they want to start with their guide. And what I've found is I have really enjoyed talking and meeting with, hundreds of people's spirit guides over the years. It's one of my favorite things to do. Guides are so awesome and so varied. I have seen every single kind of guide imaginable, and there are probably infinite more that I have not encountered. And they'll show themselves to me in a way that gives me a a piece of what they're helping the client with, of who they are, of um, just they, they show themselves to me in a way that's really informative. And for example, like for some people's guides, they will be up and floating in the corner and won't talk to me. I've had that a couple times where they, they're not, their job is not to talk to me. Their job is to help the client. And a lot of guides take that really seriously and just don't want to talk to anyone else, which is cool. But I've also encountered a lot of guides that show themselves as really wacky things like a mountain or a pile of jello or little woodland elves. I mean, I've seen it all and it always resonates with the client. It's so funny about whatever the guide shows themselves as um, is what the client needs or is being supported as. You know, I've seen voluptuous women, I've seen um, just anything you could possibly imagine. And um, how I help people feel their guides is I'll ask someone to just kind of sit still and take a breath in and notice how their body feels and then call in their guide, say, okay, guide, come and please stand with me. And then just notice the shift So maybe you'll feel a touch on your shoulder, or maybe you'll start to feel heavier, or maybe you'll feel someone caressing the back of your neck. Um, That's a good way to link up because then the next time you call on your guide, um, make sure it feels the same way. And then you'll feel safe in knowing that your guide is actually with you. They're there. They're listening. Um, Because if you can't see the guide or you can't really depend on your telepathic communication yet, that's a good way to get the trust going and know that they're really with you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, once you start making the connection, you start opening and, and, and know that you are, first of all, make sure that you are calling only those which are in your highest good. Um, and, and first of all, before you start any communication, you always make sure you're surrounded by light. At this point, I, I can say for myself, I am always surrounded by light. I'm always protected by all the, the, the hundreds of helpers that I have. So uh, I'm feeling pretty safe and, and have been um, for many years now. Um, so, so, but it's important to do that. Important to do that for many psychic attacks or, or entities that you don't want to, um, that you are not, again, they, they'll take advantage of those who are just beginning. So make sure that you are safe and doing it in a, just as precautionary, just surround yourself with light and allow the, those who are on your highest good to come forward. And now when you do that, when, when I, when I start doing that, I start realizing that first of all, a lot of those guides, um, first of all, I start, you start to notice that there's a, a to discern that is one who is more for me again she she presents herself in, in a more more nurturing the more loving more gentle uh, female so it feels like a more gentle female voice or or and you, you can see it also in the choice of words it, it, so you start noticing their personality is is, is um reflects in the way you communicate and and the the word uh that they pull out of your head um the word that they pick to to use uh, varies like you know the style of uh, communication yeah so i know one of my main main guys always speaks like uh like like kind of an older english which is kind of interesting um and the pick you know the, the picking of words which i like wow i haven't heard this word in you know 10 years and i know they pick specific words which are like wow I wouldn't. I would not uh, come up with in, in my regular speech with those kind of work, and that's also a confirmation that you are doing well. Um, <clears throat> so, when, when have you noticed that you start communicating with um, other cosmic beings? Well, consciously, that probably came in my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. um, well, with the exception of angels, I've always kind of been around angels. It's so funny. The first time I ever consciously brought an angel into my room to talk with, um, I, I just called on on an angel group to come down and help me. This was after um, working with a spiritual mentor for a little while who opened me up to the idea of even talking to them. Yeah. And I, this angel came in my room and he was huge, huge. And I asked him what his name was and he said, Maximus. And at first I didn't get it, you know, but he was appearing very large and his name was Maximus. So he was kind of playing around with me. Um, but those first few times that I started talking to angels and other beings, it felt very difficult. Um, it felt like a lot of pressure in my head. It was hard to concentrate. Um, it almost hurt. A little bit like it was like my head was filling up too fast and a lot of that is because it happened a long time ago before the energies got so high on earth yes um, but also i learned that a good lesson if it's uncomfortable don't do it <laughs> if something is coming to you or you're trying to make a connection that just doesn't feel right then just stop don't do it um so you can also just ask him to tone it down yes you can ask them to calibrate their energy better to suit you and to make it easier on you. Yes. Um, yeah. But I think nowadays there's not so many issues with that. Um, 
it's just that, you know, if, if you do start talking to something that you don't enjoy, then you don't need to talk to it because, you know, there's really no hierarchy. You are just as high on the totem pole as any other being. So don't ever let uh, that kind of make you feel like you need information from something else. That's right. That's right. Uh, we, we forget, we put ourselves down below here on the third dimension we think that's all we are but you have to remember that our your own higher selves on all is a representation of you in almost every dimension uh that exists and uh you are pretty much high up there so just because you have you are communicating with your um you know smaller representation on the third dimension or fifth dimension or sixth dimension whatever you communicate with doesn't mean that you are not a a, a, a being of equal uh stature and a lot of it is sometimes my experience was um, understanding that I'm actually some of my guides. Because I'm one of my main guides that actually right now is not no more, no longer with me was my future self. And it took me a little while to understand it because he was my my closest guide. He was my really like my go-to person for for years. And then I realized, wow, it's this is actually like it's like I'm just I'm you. I am I am you. I am you from the future, and I'm here to guide you through this process of just starting out. Um, and once I completed that process, uh, and I reached a certain, I noticed I reached a certain level. Um, I uh, he was no longer there, and other guides have come, come forward and have helped me in this process. And actually, in the past year and a half, I've already had like a, a three switches of you know, upgrading, and it's just a role that they take and they say to it, like I, I'm just taking a role here um, for you, and, and we're working together. And, and for most of them, they don't really like to talk about where they're from. And, and, and we humans have the tendency, like, what's your name? Where are you from? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's really important to know that they don't necessarily see that. They just really take a role as they are here for you. And just like we are, if we, like myself, I, I lived in three countries in, in, around the world. So where am I from? Well, I'm from different, many different places. And it's the same for them. And realize that higher parts within ourselves we live in different civilizations across the universe so where are we really from it's it's all it's varied it's very very there's a really wide array of locations that we which we are from so don't focus on that so much um if i want to also mention the name thing um many people really want to know the name but honestly most of them don't have names that we could even say pronounce yeah yeah i mean what they would need to do is just kind of come up with something that you could call them, which is normally what happens. Like angels, for instance, they often have like these harmonic chime names, um, which is very beautiful. If you've ever heard them, Um, I've only heard it a few times that like harmonic chiming angelic language or sound, but you know, we can't pronounce that. So we basically just need to come up with something to say. So like if you're seeing a psychic and you really want to know the name of your guide, try to let that go. And if you're asking your guides yourself, try to let that go as well, because that's not the only thing that's going to help you bond with that being right. You can even say, can I call you this? And you'll probably feel a resonance um, and them saying, yes. So, um, you can even make that a fun thing of like, you know, figuring out what what you can call that being. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the, most of them are just vibration, and it's really hard mm-hmm. to like um, what number is that vibration? There's no number, there's no name. It's it's not really something that you need to to focus on. But what I like to do is like it's just something that represents them to me, or at least uh, a certain vibration. But I I let go of that too. I, I'm not focusing on that at all, and just allow myself to enjoy the process. But a lot of times when I start communicating with different types of beings, they present themselves as like we are for you. For you would be like the Zetas. We are. For me, it's the Arcturians. Uh, we are um, um, whatever it is that, that, that they coming come from, come forward, uh, come forth as. As I just mentioned this morning, I just connected with a seraphim. So it's it really is about um, they, they'll say like what generally who we are, what mm-hmm. what we are, um, and 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 then they'll just communicate. And usually, it is a collective anyway. Even the spirit guides, it is, it is a collective anyway. So allow yourself to let go of like individuation of, of um, the guidance and, and the beings that you are connecting with and allow yourself to more as, as um, who they represent, who they are as a collective. Um, yeah, because when you get to a certain dimension, we lose individuation anyway. So mm-hmm. um, it's, exactly. it's not a bad sign. It's not like anyone's ignoring you if you've got a collective to show up for you. It's a... It's just a different way of being on a different dimension. Yeah, absolutely. Like I myself, I just have groups. Like when the Palladians come, it's a group of Palladians. I don't know them individually. When my angels come, uh, it's a group. I've been with them or I've been consulting with them for a long time. So I can pick out the individuals in the group. But when they speak, yes. Yeah, but they speak as one. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, so tell us a little more about what groups do you work? So you worked with the angels ma- ma- many years now. Um, you work with the Pleiadians, as you mentioned, what other groups do you work with? I work with the Zetas, um, and pretty much anything else that crosses my path. When I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, the, the ant ETs reached out to me because they lived here for a long time, um, and were very mingled into the Native American culture here. Um, those uh, people that are represented on cave drawings and on pots and um, all sorts of things. And um, they come from like the Orion um, belt pretty much, but I believe from other places too. And I had some dealings with them, but it's funny when I first moved here, they were like jamming my signal. They kept trying to talk to me so much that I was in a brain fog for like the first two months that I lived here because I didn't even know what was happening. I (laughs) was basically just in a fog. My boyfriend thought I was uh, depressed Mm. and uh, was really worried about me. But once I figured it out and got the energy running smoothly, uh, it was fine. But I've also just, they're everywhere. If you open your eyes and you can see, or if you attune yourself to seeing, um, which is not hard these days, Mm-hmm. You'll see different kinds of ETs everywhere. I mean, I used to talk to like little triangle beings, the blue triangle beings. Um, I remember at my friend's house, she had an apartment in Ansonia, Connecticut. There was just some weird ET like walking down the hallway and we invited him in and kind of talked to him for a little while. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of... It's not so casual. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. For me, this is... This is yeah, that's what I do. So, um, and you know, when I was a little kid, I used to talk to all the mantis in the back of my yard 
and they were real bug praying mantis, but I'm sure that they were also being projected and talking through the little bug. So, yeah, they share the consciousness with them because they are, uh, their relative seedings of, 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 of those other beings that have been in existence way longer than they have been on earth. So it is, it has been seated on the earth as you know, distant cousins. What's cool about that too, is that that is the official bug of Connecticut. Really? Yeah. So they're in high esteem there and it's illegal to harm them. So I think that that's really oh, that's cool. wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. That actually is a good segue into these other kinds of beings as well. Cause I know um, we were both talking about, you know, dolphins and and other kinds of um, either mythical or real animal beings. Yeah, and, and realizing that connecting with um, everything as consciousness, and, and if you do this work long enough, you realize that everything is consciousness. A blade of grass is consciousness. Um, so, so other beings that definitely have consciousness and, um, it's, it's been not only from what I read, a lot of, of, of clients of mine has start, mentioned suddenly they start a wave of like a lot of dolphin mentioning like dolphins and whales and, and realize, oh, they are the keepers of knowledge in the, on this earth and all kinds of stuff like that. I thought like, well, maybe just like once or twice, but then I went again, I started seeing that it's, it's a, it's a continuous thing that they are really, uh, uh, very highly evolved beings as we know that they are highly intelligent. And they are the keepers of knowledge of, uh, and they were assigned to that. And, and so we start connecting and start like, okay, let me connect with the dolphin. And it's like, and it's like, oh wow, they're they're impressive in their in their um, understanding and in their consciousness. So it's it's like when you start and realizing so filled with joy. Yeah. Oh yes, the playfulness, the yeah. playfulness of a dolphin is is uh, um, it's 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 almost. Um, I think they're one of the highest levels of joy and playfulness on this earth. And it's really, really amazing because they are just really born to, to, to be you know, free kind of thing. Um, it's the best expression of that on earth. And, and when you start, and at that point, I like start doing that and realize, okay, okay, everything has kind of, kind of a galactic connection. And, and I started having more and more clients that d- depict their own lives uh, because I've done past lives for for so many years past lives in other civilizations across the universe and they're like okay I've been this this blue being that was like very artistic and I brought this talents with me to this life um, and I've been this thing and that thing and again I'm I'm repeating here uh, dozens of cases and that's not like a again for me it's more of a a research project you can say and and, and a confirmation and and I've worked in different places and and and, uh, in the in the country in, in Massachusetts and here in Arizona and also across the world on Skype and I just just do those those uh, past life regressions and, and the it, the things that come through are just beautiful and amazing uh, the accounts of people and and how they describe it. and I ask them specifically to describe how it is to live in those civilizations what is it you do how does it feel and and um, when they come back and they say like wow it felt so different to be such a different uh, being. Um, with different perception of, of, as we said, emotions. And we are, we are one of the high, most highly uh, emotional beings. And that's part of what we come to do in this earth to do is to learn about emotions and to learn about how to uh, deal and, and uh, wisen through emotions. So this is, uh, so people think, oh, I'm too emotional. And I guess, okay, it's part of your mission. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but it's, it's really beautiful to see. And as they do that, I, I certainly talk through them when they are, that those can be, I allow them to channel. And this is how I really started with this is like uh, people describe past lives 
and and suddenly they describe being on on a pyramid and knowing oh i'm going to meet tonight i'm going to meet our our galactic friends and like okay let's go forward in time to that time in which you met those galactic friends and then like you start describing and it's like oh may i speak to them directly and then they come through with that person so that's how i personally encountered the the and i it was good for me to do this for a while to communicate with those beings um, through that uh, the vessel of other other people as as a channel, because it gave me that comfort knowing that like, okay I know they do well I know their message what what are they here to do with humanity what did they did that time in in our human past uh, history um, with humanity and and about no failed attempts to bring more consciousness and and uh, and, and, and in our history uh, raised the consciousness of, of our humanity and and failed many times like in egyptian time in um other civilizations that have existed the mayan time they did that and then it kind of kind of went downhill when they started doing all kind of human sacrifices and started like losing their way um it didn't start that way usually it started pretty high high pinnacle for those civilizations when they had high connect high connection and they're give, giving them those advanced math and all that kind of stuff and then it starts to de- de- kind of de- decline um so well, we could probably address that as like the decline of the vibration on earth, right? Like when you start out at that high vibration and you're able to communicate with those beings and receive the information, that's one thing. But then if you devolve into fear and worry about, you know, where things are coming from, and then you start seeing them as gods who control everything, like that's kind of where right. all of that humanness comes in with the sacrifice it's more like loss of control that feeling of we need to manipulate here we don't know what to do to make the gods happy yeah i mean it's it's a really fascinating thing to think about yes exactly um and and when you start you talk about what are my favorite um accounts is is a colleague of mine and she was uh, able at some point to communicate and bring forward the Arcturians, which was the first time that I've actually heard of them. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I, I didn't remember the, the name of the star that I get. They're like, oh, Arcturians, oh, it sounds like a star, I think. I, I never heard of it before. Again, I, 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 um, I, I was pretty ignorant about it at the time that there's, there was a civilization from there um, and realized that they're so highly advanced and they're all just almost pure love in their, in their um, existence. So it really is phenomenal. And when she was channeling them, uh, she was feeling, she was saying like, oh my God, my, my consciousness, my, my is expanding in, in all directions from like infinitely, um, just to be able to, uh, when, to be able to communicate with her, mm-hmm. with them. And then when she was doing that, I was actually seeing her body kind of oscillate and vibrate, um, as she was doing it and, and, um, channeling those higher dimensions. And they were saying, we need to increase the level of the vibration of this, this uh, being that we are channeling through in order to communicate with you easily. Otherwise, it's very high because they're in a very high dimension. Um, and it was amazing to see. And from that point on, we're like, uh, she was like, I want to do it again. Because <laughs> she said like that the feeling of love that she received from them was something that is incomprehensible um, in our normal existence as humans, that the amount of love that she felt. She was just wanting again, again. And uh, I enjoyed it because we were just uh, tapping. At that, that point, it was like before 2012, and we were like really trying to comprehend and get a little more understanding of what is happening and, and taking place. And, and 
So that was really good for me to get the confirmations of, of what is the shift uh, as it is happening, the evolution of, of, of us as humans. And um, it was really interesting to see the, the change um, in, again, the style of speech, the choice of words, the, the um, general attitude that they come with, which is so different than even humans or you can say like you know, a high a higher ego if you want to take that more people think it's just something that people create within their mind um and plus the information i want to it's, it's hard for me now to 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 kind of put it all together but the level of information that we have received that that person that was on 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 the, on my my uh, couch was like wow i did not could not even imagine the things that have come through, the information that have come through of understanding the universe and understanding um, deeper uh, aspects of uh, and history of, of humanity and and, and co cosmic uh, uh, occurrences and stuff that that person just simply did not have in their any part of their consciousness. Really, it's definitely coming from somewhere else, and we have to acknowledge that. So it, at that point, it became easier for me to understand, like, yeah, I can just do it. I can just start communicating with them. And I started doing that again. For me, it was easier through automatic writing because it's just also easier to look back and, and read and do more of the analyzing and conscious uh, connection with it. And, and I, I'm, I'm conscious when I do it because I, ask, I actually ask questions as I do it. Like, okay, so what is this for? What are we doing here? And why are you doing this and that? So I, I'm, I'm half conscious anyway. And I think this these days, that need to be completely uh, unconscious is not necessary anymore. And most communications now, even channelers, uh, there's barely any trans channelers because it's just our vibration on earth right now. It's much higher than even it was 25 years ago that the need for, for complete conscious uh, disconnection is not necessary. And we are, con we are conscious. So even when I do the quantum healings, people say like, oh, but I was aware of what's happening. Yes, that's okay. It's not the way it was even 10, 15 years ago. Even one year ago. I mean, it's yes, just exactly. constantly raising right now. And um, I, I totally agree. I've always been um, interested in watching the evolution of channeling. I have a lot of friends who are channelers. And um, even hearing them talk about channeling beings in different dimensions, it feels different. Right. So my friend would have to go into a very um, deep, meditation and raises vibration a lot and kind of lose control of his arms, you know, and move them around while he was channeling, say a seventh or eighth dimensional being or group. But then when he would channel like a fourth dimensional or fifth dimensional fairy, um, he would be much more present and it would feel very, very different. Um, and he wouldn't have to really lose so much of himself in the process. So it's really interesting. Yeah, and, and that's just gonna uh, tap onto that. It, it's it was interesting for me when I was again ha seeing um, clients, and I remember one in particular. She was very uh, beautiful, beautiful cosmic being, and she was like describing uh, life on other again other dimensions for sure. Because it was like some of them were pure, she was pure energy, and some of them she was like in this planet that had like um, everything was kind of blue, and and, and it, it worked like kind of fairy style. Uh, human, uh, kind of uh, beings and that she was communicating with them and they were communicating with her and it's like fascinating stuff and then she was like okay well yeah they're, they're the cousins of the fairies uh, that we have here and I'm like okay that sounds a lot different and I was again I was, at that point I was like okay I'm open we'll see how it connects and how it's related and realizing that again more and more clients start describing 
mythical beings and connection to the fairy world and in this level of world and in this kind of dimension and realize these are all just different dimensions and astral dimensions in the earth on the earth that people can tap onto and a lot of those mythological creatures are actually being on other dimensions that we meet through our dreams through our things and i remember the first time wow that was like almost 20 years ago first time that i did a shamanic journeying I uh, I did like you know went to the to the uh, realm of, of the spirit animals and I did actually beautiful experience. But then um, something that picked me up was this enormous something that looks like from like a um, never ending story, but not exactly like the little dog face, but and a, a being with like a, a with wings like white white wings that were like uh, like the size of an airplane. Something that was tremendous. And it didn't. It had the face of a bird and everything. But you can see that. Oh, it's like wow. That's a different. That's from different place. And that felt really different. But it... oh, we lost you for a sec. You still there? Oh, there we go. There you go. So where did we stop? So you were talking about how it felt really felt like it was from a different place. Yes, but it felt so real as well. And that was really uh, uh, what I'm trying to emphasize here. It's just felt real and it's like, wow. And sometimes we have those kind of dreams and we felt like we see other beings. And, and so at that point I was like, you know what, I'm going to be open to that and, and allow, and it kind of gave confirmation to all those you know, folk tales and fairy tales and that we all seem to stick to. Um, and it's kind of interesting how humanity, you know, some brush away a lot of stuff that is not un- untrue very quickly, but those things kind of stick away in the whole dragon thing. Uh, and it was interesting. And, and, and uh, in one of my starseed classes, we started doing it and talking and, and suddenly people start saying like, wow, I, I, I feel like there's this dragon being coming along and, and as, as a guide for me. And, and I'm like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just be open to that. And so like, and then I went to, and, and another person uh, in the same room, that was the cool thing. I liked that my starseed group because they give a lot of confirmation because um, you think like okay it's just me making this up and you realize okay three or four people experienced that in the same room that means it's something really happened again on a different dimension a different level but it did happen and it started and, and, and one night a lot of people suddenly described a lot of different colors of, of dragons and, and kind of more like water dragons of, of the a- Asians or more European kind of style dragons but it was like interesting how suddenly three or four people described dragons and, and I went home and the next day I was like Okay, I gotta try communicate with the dragon beings and see all if that reals because it felt it felt really again a little kind of out there. That was pushing your comfort zone out. Pushing my comfort zone. I was like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious just to see that. And and I called upon the dragon beings and I communicate with them and um, it felt amazing, like such large, vast consciousness. Um, and this is not the same as dinosaurs. This is different. This is different. Um, they are connected in some way, I believe, but they're not the same. And they're vast beings, and they're vast beings that have been um, since the creation of Earth and before that, because they have been on other, uh, they are beings, cosmic beings from other civilizations uh, that have helped create the Earth and have helped. A lot of people fear the, the, the dragons, and they have taken interesting roles. They have their own kind of a, a agenda and place, but just communicating with that vastness of consciousness and the level of assuredness that they have in their beings and and who they are and what they do and their role um, was really interesting. It's hard to describe. Tell me a little more. Do you have any experience with uh, mythical beings or or other? 
Just, um, you know, just the regular, like, fairy. The regular fairy. Yeah, the regular little fairy. Um, again, very playful, very confident, um, very helpful, very big. Fairies are very big beings. Um, they can appear small, but in their natural state, they're yes. very big. Um, and like Harry's saying, they, f- they all feel different they feel a certain way they have their own um signature energy and so if you're wanting to connect with one of these beings um you'll know it when you do because you'll feel it you know you'll feel the joy of the dolphins you'll feel the playfulness and the 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 fairies are very solid too they're not like little fluttery feeling things um with the dragons, Harry is saying they're feeling vast and big. So you might feel a little bit small next to their presence or their energy. Yes, I felt tiny. <laughs> I felt really tiny and it was it was impressive. And and the way they speak, and you realize that when you, that you channel them, and the way they speak, the way they, they uh, their attitude is is reflected in it. And it's just uh, like, whoa, that's, that's different than even sometimes what you expect. So do you feel like there's some, some example of the fairy beings, uh, are they reflected in the fairy of the fairy tales? And also, do they reflect in what elf kind is? Do you feel that or is it not exactly it? I mean, I think there's like the same problem with fairy tales as there is right now with stereotypes, right? Yeah. Like they're yeah. all stereotyped. And so there's some semblance of truth, but normally they don't get enough credit. Like these beings are very smart, very intelligent. Uh, fairies are extremely bright. <laughs> you know, it's almost like that, that switch. Like I know people who can become very serious in an instant, but are also like the most fun loving, um, playful people I know, right? Fairies are like that where they can get very serious and very stoic in trying to tell you something that you really want to understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't had a lot of communication with elves or dwarves or any of those other beings um, that I know of anyway. Um, But yeah, I'm getting off track now. (laughs) No, it's all right. It's all right. Um, Oh yeah. Are they represented clearly? So yeah, just not really. I found, um, but yes, to an extent. Yeah, and it's 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 really uh, kind of interesting to be in this point in, in time. And again, for me, it was I'm talking about here is if it's one big thing, and it's for me, it was an expanse of years of of learning and opening for more and more. So, if some of this sounds to people a little out there, that's okay. It's a little out of your comfort zone. It is a little out there. <laughs> put yourself into what you felt is comfortable and what we have discussed so far and know that, okay, I can progress from that point on and get come again for us. It was a process of years of getting comfortable with each and every single one of these concepts and then growing next and next. Although now I know that the acceleration in earth's consciousness and, and, and acceptance of this is, uh, speeding up exponentially. And, that's okay to suddenly be feel like no, and I see that in some people. So I see them talking and feel like as if they've been doing it like me, like no, and like you, like no, twenty years being in in in, in this kind of metaphysical world, and no, no, they've been doing it for three years, but they're just suddenly became sponges 
of all this information and absorbed and understood and shifted their 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 belief system and and their uh, understanding of of the world as as we know it and expanding their their understanding and consciousness to include all this um, and and realize again we have that telepathic uh, confirmation this is not self-construct because i can tell you that again sometimes some communication with some of those other beings um feels very different than what you would answer yourself or what you expect yourself to answer or again create those kind of um stereotypes or or uh, representations that we have of them and they're like so like no no we are not exactly like that this is what we are and they're like oh wow okay i didn't expect that so um a lot of times you feel like you're just making it up but trust it let it flow yeah, well, I think, I mean, I love addressing this part of it because I teach a lot of people to unlock their psychic senses. And this is a big concern, right? It's like the reason why people don't trust themselves and the information they get is because they have that feeling like they're making it up. Well, in part, you are because you're the truth of you is not an individuated being. Um, you are everything. So you are those other groups and those other collectives and those other dimensions and you are, you're all of it. And so you're talking to yourself. You are. Mm -hmm. um, those beings have individuated from you on this perspective because mm -hmm. you're living in this dimension right now. Um, and so that's why you're feeling that. It's because in a way you are making it up because you're not really that person that you think you are. Um, and the other thing is, it doesn't matter if it's real. It doesn't matter if you're experiencing it and it feels good to you, then that's all that matters, right? A lot of people ask me like, well, how do I know all these things are real? I don't. There's no way I could possibly know. My human mind is very limited and I'm never going to have like proof or anything else that any of this stuff has happened to me in my life. And so it doesn't matter. That's Whatever right. you're experiencing is real for you. And that's all that matters. Absolutely. And, and it's just also a matter of understanding that our imagination and, and our dreams and all that, they are true as well. Well, not all dreams, but some dreams are just, you know, mental purge. But, but a lot of that is, is working on astral planes that we just remember as dream because it's just, we work and we operate in different dimensions. And, um, it's just allow yourself to be open, to be open to every possibility. And what is real is what, what is making your reality. And, and reality is that, you know, there's a glass half full and half empty. It is both there. They're both real. And, and from that, um, openness, like that, let yourself just be open that it might be real and let yourself experience it. And at some point it becomes real because you just allow yourself to believe and understand this is part of my my expansion of understanding of what is. Um, <clears throat> if you would have come to, to uh, humanity 200 years ago and tell them there's going to be this this is this, there is this invisible thing that is around us that is uh, uh, electromagnetic fields and, uh, and it's just around. We can't feel, we can't see, we can't sense it, but it's all around us and it has and some of it can even contain information. And and you feel like and then you show them a radio and it's like this is transmitting information through the air through electromagnetic waves and it has actually coding in in it they'll seem like it's science fiction but this was 100 years ago and, and now you think about wi-fi and as we talk right now it's all information transmitted through the air through electromagnetic uh, uh resonance it's, it's just uh, uh mind-boggling 
And so, so think of, uh, we are here advancing ahead of, of technology and what is, what is acknowledged by humanity as real. Because if you tell like, okay, television transmission is real. Yes, I can see it on the screen. I know it's real. If you'd not have a TV and tell me, someone told you what the concept of TV is, you would say like, it doesn't make any sense. But just because we cannot measure it yet does not mean it doesn't exist either. And if you think about it, we're all energy, we're all uh, uh, frequency, and we can tap into the right frequency to connect in, in with other parts of who we are because we are all one eventually. Um, so allow yourself to know that this is an expansion of reality as it is. And it is again, just because we cannot prove it, uh, allow the, pro the proof of the many to allow us to know that this is not just uh, a few crazy people. Uh, hopefully we not seem like crazy people. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I'm not too worried about that. If they're still listening, then they're listening <laughs> for a reason. Pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> uh, and, and understanding that this is just uh, an expansion of, of, of our consciousness. And just because technology is a little behind on that doesn't mean it, it is not uh, validated. And again, I like to I like to have confirmations. And for me, as as a, uh, a fairly logical person, I like to have some proof, at least three or four confirmations from three different sources. I like that. Um, <clears throat> and when I see it again through my clients, for myself, I start having confirmations, and through other people, um, like okay, it starts to make sense. It's, I, I allow myself to expand my comfort zone around this topic. And allow it to, to exist now. Um, and again, just because it's out there and we don't feel it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, in, in the same way as we talk about all this communication, um, when you start doing that, and, and, and I think it's important for people to know that when you start doing that on a more regular basis, start to trust what's coming through, uh, you'll see that, again, the information that's coming through, um, the, 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 the different types of talk, the different kind of, of again, it feels different, uh, the beings that you are connecting with. And as I said, when you start working with even a group of beings that is very uh, um, specific group of beings, you start noticing the different individuals within the group that are talking through because they feel different, they sound a little different, they have a slightly different frequency. Like all of us, we have a slightly different frequency. Um, so you're tapping into that. Um, so realizing, I think, shifting from that concept that we are just like uh, humans that might have some abilities and, and shifting into understanding that we are actually. Uh, um, a transmitting and receiving, um, we are a, a, a transceiver. Uh, I'm using the wrong word. We are a, a, a kind of a, a radio ourselves. We are a being. We don't need other devices for it. We are the device because we are, we have our own frequency and we we can tap into these things. And this is yep. proven proven time and time again as far as telepathy and ability mm -hmm. and, that, and, and, and scientifically have been proven already that that telepathy does exist and and someone across the world can, can tap in and think of a, a certain picture. Um, it has been done. This is just frequency that, that we can tap in and we can train ourselves to, be, to hone it down and become more and more refined in our skill, just like any other skill. If you pick up a basketball today, you're going to throw it towards the hoop, you're going to maybe hit, maybe not. Uh, if you start doing it every day, you're going to start shooting baskets like nothing. Um, so it yeah, really and also surround yourself with people who are interested in this and in doing this too. That's one of the highest or the easiest ways to learn these skills and to have them present in you because you you don't actually have to learn anything. 
everyone already knows how to do this. You just trained yourself not to do it. So now you have to train yourself to allow it to happen. And just notice what it feels to tune in to specific things. Again, just like a radio, you're kind of fine tuning how, what am I tuning into? What channel am I tuning into? All radio transmission happens all at the same time. We're just learning how to tune in to specific things, specific beings, specific frequencies, especially the ones that we are really good at, at, at uh, receiving, which for us is our galactic families, our spirit guides, our angels that are working with us and are near us physically and, and uh, uh, telepathically. So it really is just take off all this myth around it. It really uh, is just really fairly simple. And especially now, I think that the veil is so thin. Mm-hmm. It really is just, uh, uh, for me, it's just a blink away. You know, for you is is as well. Uh, and again, for me, I, I wasn't. Uh, you can say I, I enabled myself to to hone in the skill without having uh, a particular niche for it to start with. Um, just in my in my thirties, really. So, so it it's all doable. It's all possible. It's all near us. It's all available. And that's what you keep it, and just practice and learn. If you have something to learn, learn from us. And go to our website, to Rachel's website. It's sapphirus.com, S-E-P-H-Y-R-U-S. Yep. Sapphirus.com. And, or go to my website, harrycorona.com, and just um, check out if there's any – any, you can do it personal uh, training. You can do it like through any workshops that we're doing, uh, uh, tele-workshops or anything like that, or, or physical ones. And just start doing it. Start, start learning. It it's really is not that difficult. It really is a matter of trust. And, and allowing yourself to, to do it enough to start doing it, start really feeling like it's flowing. Yes. Very awesome. Good. Well, that was so much fun, Harry. Thanks for such a great topic. Yes, that was awesome. Thank you very much for, for, for doing this with me. It's, it's awesome. I love it. So everybody out there, leave us your questions, your comments. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what you want to know about um, and keep in touch and we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Very good. Thank you. Thank you.